Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. And welcome to uh, Arnie and Marjorie back from a little mini vacation. You mean I'm not Dan? You're not Dan and I'm not Jerry. Wait, I think you're probably the Jerry and I'm probably the Dan. Probably so. But (laughs) thanks to Dan and Jerry for taking care of the show last week. I've got to say we talked just a couple weeks ago about how we were moving to a new house and building a new Smithsonian. And I had no idea how fast things would snowball and how quickly the realtor would be like, yep, pack it up, move it out. Yes, the realtor actually had a really good time looking at all the Star Wars stuff, but she said it needed to be picked up and some of it put away and things like that. So on our normal recording day last weekend, I spent it down in the Smithsonian, sadly, sorting and packing things away. And I got to say, other than about the 20 20 boxes I packed, taped, and stacked. <laughs> it looks no different. It just looks like I've added 20 boxes. <laughs> it does not look like there's anything missing. <laughs> I, I don't think that there is anything different down here other than there are some new boxes. I have a long, long road ahead, and the realtor is a little upset that I'm delaying the listing of the house because Rome wasn't built in a day, neither was the Sissonian, and it can't be taken down in a day either. Not unless I want well, to destroy it. you know what we need, right? We need a montage. A basement <laughs> packing up montage. I do need a montage. Yes, that's what we need. Show a lot of things all happening at once. Yes. You know what else I need? An army of assistants. 100 boxes, I've decided. Oh, I think you need more than 100. Possibly. I think I'm going to start at 100. <laughs> oh, boy. So that's... But, but you understand my feeling of panic when I get down here sometimes. It Got a little overwhelming, I'm not going to lie, that you can spend so much effort and so much time and then turn around and just not know what to do next. No. There's no low-hanging fruit to attack. No, no. It's all high fruit, and you get tired of climbing those trees. And the problem is that sometimes you look at stuff, you're like, oh, gosh, I remember when I got this, and we went here, and then you got to think about it. I don't. Oh, you used to. I used to. And that was maddening for me, because I'm like, just put it in the damn box! (laughs) Yeah. All you got to do is put it in the box! Quit reminiscing about it! See, that's when you... You were here, though, when I'm packing alone, which is what I did last weekend because you were packing upstairs. Yes. There was no reminiscing. There was just, oh, my God, where do I put this now? And how do I make sure it's safe? Mm-hmm. So I encourage all of our listeners, don't move. 
<laughs> Die in your house. Stay where you are at all costs. So far, breakage count zero. Very happy. Well, let's keep it that way. I hope to. Let's have a not breaking things montage. So let's get to this week's show with a store report. And I am happy to announce we have some new figures. Yeah, we use a DPCI trick. We got the DPCI from yakface.com. And I very nicely asked the Target guy if he could go in the back and get these for me. And he did. These are the new vintage figure three packs that are wave two. Wave one was that giant nine pack from last Christmas. Wave two is in the back room of stores. There's no street date that I can tell. Everyone who I've talked to who's used the DPCI, they've gone back and gotten them no problem. There's nothing saying to hold them for any certain time, so I'm not sure why they weren't out. The three sets this time, you have 2-1-B, Hoth Leia, and a Hoth Rebel Commander, X-Wing Luke Pilot, Ben Kenobi, and Han Solo, and then a Stormtrooper, Darth Vader, and Death Squad Commander! Very happy about a Death Squad Commander. I can understand that. I would be too. I have to say, though, they gave Obi-Wan a terrible robe. It looks like he's wearing a Snuggie. (laughs) Doesn't it? It looks like he's wearing a Snuggie. Or a Slanket. It's unfortunate. Well, does he shop like at Big Lots and couldn't afford a Snuggie so he had to get a Slanket? It's just poorly constructed. It's too big. And maybe when you get out of the package, it'll fluff down a little bit. These are never coming out of the package. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess you just get Obi-Wan and a Snuggie then. The reason they're never coming out of a package is because they're all repacks. And I just like the three-pack packaging because it reminisces on the vintage days. But then the way they've got Vader in the package, it looks like he's wearing a sundress. It does. And it's very waist accentuating. It it is. He's slender. He is slender. He has been working out and working on his ass. You can definitely tell. But Vader got back. <laughs> he Little might. in the middle, but he got much <laughs> he might. Our iron lung. I love this Leia. I've always, always loved Hoth Leia, though. It's a great design. It's a great outfit. Because that's when she kicked butt. Oh, wait, no, she kicks butt all the time. Talking to some people online, I know there was some disappointment that these aren't coming in the giant nine sleeve. That was a pain in the butt, though. It, it is. It was cool. It, don't get me wrong. It was cool. I imagine it was very expensive for them to produce and distribute because they would have to pay more for shipping and you're putting extra packaging on top of packaging, which I know people love Ar- like Arnie love to have packaging upon packaging upon packaging upon packaging. I imagine the retailers also don't like to have something that is big and unwieldy like that. Here's my other thought is it's expensive to get all nine figures. Whereas here, you get to pick. If you only want a couple of these, or if you want multiple of, say, the Death Squad Commander and you want to pick them up, you don't want eight extra figures and have to pay. Here, these are three figures for $20 per set. You get to choose which ones you like, which ones you don't. And it does kind of drive home what some people had said to me before, is that that large cardboard thing that I cherish so much wasn't ever intended to be that. It was just protection for these card bags and not intended to be a pack of its own, which, of course, being mint in box, mint on card Star Wars people, we all go, mm-hmm. but no, it's a box. It must stay sealed. <laughs> And all of these we got right out of the case because they were coming out of back, but they're in great shape. Whereas I know that it was very hard for everyone to find undamaged long nine packs. Yeah, it was. We had a tough time too. And the one that I kept best still has a tad bit of corner damage. Well, there's nothing you can do. No, and part of the problem is we may have done that. No, we didn't. Oh, we didn't? Okay. Believe me, we didn't. Oh, excuse me, sir. I was very, very particular. Okay, okay, okay. It came from the store. 
score like that. So it was good to find those sets, again, thanks to Yakface for the DPCI. But other than that, I haven't found any new figures in stores. I've seen kind of some sites that stores are restocking. I've seen some R5-D4s that I hadn't seen before, a few clones I hadn't seen in a while, but no signs of really new figures. Every so often I hear a report, but it's kind of like the Yeti or the Bigfoot that I'm starting to question, unless I'm there personally to do a post-mortem. I don't know that I'm sure everyone's hearing what they think they're hearing and seeing. We went and saw Thor this weekend, and at the mall that had the theater, they had a Books a Million, which I honestly thought was a discount bookstore that had not first-run books or anything, but it turns out it's a real bookstore. Very nice. It had a coffee shop and everything. It it did have a coffee shop. It was not a Starbucks coffee shop. It was Joe's Coffee, I think. It was Joe's Mugs or something like that. We did not partake of the coffee. However, we went crazy buying tchotchkes that they had there. They had those Star Wars Koosh pens. Is that what they're called? With the little rubber flappy hair things coming off the top of them? I got a Stormtrooper, an R2, and a Slave Leia pen. They also had a deck of Star Wars playing cards that were all posters. It was $3.99. This is from Cardamundi. And it's just 55 posters from all over the world and a very cool set. You know, these were all featured in the poster book that Steve Sansweet came out with a while back. But a very handy way to store 55 posters in a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> you going to roll them up in your sleeve like they did in the 50s with their smokes? I just hadn't picked those up before and for $3.99, it was impossible for me to pass up. And speaking of playing cards, we were also at a Toys R Us down in the St. Louis area. Marjorie was geeking out over all of the various little checkout tchotchkes that they had there from various things like, look, it's a pony. Look, it's a koala bear. Look, it's a Wolverine Pez dispenser. She was kind of ADD that day. And while I tried to wrangle her like she's my five-year-old in Toys R Us, oh, huh. I stumbled upon another deck of cards from Cardamoo. And this was a lenticular playing card deck. And what's really cool about this, what made it so I could not not buy it, is it's not just like it came in a lenticular tin, although it does come in a tin. (laughs) The tin's not lenticular? The tin is not lenticular. Okay. But every single playing card is lenticular. Jerry, I think you have to get this. It was an expensive deck of cards. It was $8, but it came in that nice little tin. Every single card has two images on it. So it's not like it's trying to do that 3D effect that some of them do. It's just that you look at it one way and it's General Grievous with his saber spinning. You do it the other way. It's a close-up of General Grievous. Now, I will say I would never, ever use this for Poker Night, not only because it's a collectible, but because they're headache-inducing cards that are almost impossible to read. Yeah, they were kind of... I don't like them because they do have that visual problem. You have to look at it from a specific angle. Otherwise, you're seeing like a ghost of two different images. I have a royal flush. No way to have a pair. Royal flush pair. I... I could see that. That would go on all night. And even the suit and the number are lenticular. And even though they don't change, sometimes when you look at it, it's kind of hard to read. My main complaint about these is that they're really thin. I've never seen such a thin lenticular. I just thought kind of by their nature, lenticulars had to be thicker because, you know, there are a couple of layered images with some plastic that determine the angle of viewing. And I'm thinking, how are you ever going to shuffle these things? Well, it actually went the other way. These are thinner than a normal plan 
playing card and more bendy. I still think you'd have problems shuffling them. They're incredibly slippery, too. I don't think they're meant to be played with, though. I think they're meant to be display cards. Possibly. I'm just letting our listeners know you couldn't play with them if you wanted to without a huge mess. It would be 52-card pickup all night long. Yeah, I think they just slide all over, and I think they'd get bent and you'd be very angry. Well, that's why you always buy one for the collection and one to use, but in this case, it's pretty unusable. The poster playing cards, there you could buy one deck to play with and one to keep. And at that same Toys R Us, we found some Darth Vader candy heads. Now, these are strange. They're little plastic (laughs) heads that hold Darth Vader candy. Now, that in and of itself is not unusual. (laughs) No. What was unusual, what caught my eye, was there was a bright blue and a bright red Vader. I don't get it. No. But I bought it because it's almost like an Andy Warhol Vader. Yeah, that weird, not like a blue, it's like a turquoisey blue. Yeah, it's like, you know, the Marilyn Monroe where she's four different colors. If they had one more color of vader yeah a yellow vader i would have an andy warhol vader-esque thing i just like that's so completely terrible i must own it all right this is what happens when they don't put new figures on the pegs for me i just go nuts blue vader i must have him decks of cards okay pens I start to go through the DTs, and I'm, I need a fix, man. I need a fix. And so Blue Vader heads for the win. But I wish that was the strangest find of the week, a Blue <laughs> Vader head. Yeah. It is not. No. Jerry Bounty from the forums, host last week, sent me a text message of a shirt he found of Jabba the Pimp. Strangely, it's not Zero the Pimp, it's Jabba the Pimp. I would totally wear a Zero the Pimp shirt. He's got the glasses, the walking stick, the big hat with the feather. He's a 70s pimp. Well, yeah. Only he's blinged out like he's in the 90s. It's very anachronistic to wear this shirt in 2011, but it's still... Actually, it looks like Seinfeld when Kramer was the pimp and had the pimp coat. The Technicolor dream coat. Yes. Java and the Technicolor dream coat. Yes, that is by far the strangest thing of the week. And you just kind of go, really? Lucasfilm licensed that? Sometimes you really wonder. In online news, this Thursday, be sure you're a member of the Star Wars new release newsletter mailing list because Sideshow is putting up for pre-order a set of 12-inch Cantina Band members. Or if you're into their life-size bust, you can get a life-size figure in Dan. And looking at the detail shots of that figure in Dan, his mouth is actually a little gross. Oh, really? I just would wonder why someone needs a life-size bust of figure in Dan. I know to say it like that every time. Dan. Well, they put the apostrophe there. I think it's kind of like Lieutenant Dan. No, I don't think so. Because Star Wars was around first before. But was that name figuring Dan around first? That's an EU name from the 90s. So it's at least around the same time. Hmm. But that mouth. It's unfortunate. It really is. I think if you put this in your house, people are going to get the wrong idea. And what about the little veins around the head there on the sides where like ears would be? I think people are going to get the wrong idea about the mouth. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's... Oh! Oh, my God. I can't even look at it anymore. I can't say on the show what I think that looks like. (laughs) But it looks like a combination of two or three different things. All of which (laughs) I I can't say any of them on the show. (laughs) Oh! boy if you buy this could you call me and let's talk (laughs) and i'll give you my opinion (laughs) of what i think i also find it odd that he his mouth is open into a hole now i'm hoping that there's like an instrument that you can put in there (laughs) i meant a musical (laughs) instrument (laughs) let's talk about the warts on his head shall we (laughs) He's on Clarisil. 
He goes on stage like that? Oh. How about the fact that his head looks like a giant butt? <laughs> it's like a butt crack. You ever see the Saturday Night Live skit with the people with the butt heads? Yeah, yeah. The eyes are very cool, though. They're creepy. <laughs> the way they're kind of shaded and they aren't just all black, but they're bluish on the outside, black in the middle. Honestly, I consider myself a Star Wars completist. I don't know that there's any Star Wars item that if given I wouldn't accept or take. This might be the first one because this is freaking me out. <laughs> I've never looked that closely at the Cantina members. I don't know that I've ever seen them with uh, straight on like this from this angle without a musical instrument like a jig in their mouth oh wait jizz is the type of music they play it's not an instrument is that worse than jazz it is worse than jazz i think it's an unfortunate name but there are a lot of things unfortunate about this band i'm actually loading on wikipedia some pictures from the movie the movie it does not look that creepy in the movie and perhaps it's because he had a turtleneck pulled up like halfway up his head that isn't here on the sideshow live size but i mean his neck is longer here. That turtleneck went up to the flappy jowls area in the picture from the movie. Here, I guess he's looking a little bit more stately, but wow. <laughs> Wow. The 12-inch figures don't look nearly as creepy. Maybe it's because they didn't do such an extreme close-up. They do all come with the musical instruments. They look very cool to help round out the cantina. I'm kind of wishing that maybe since they've spent so much time in Jabba's palace over at Sideshow, you got the Han and Carbonite, you got the Jabba, Luke, Leia, all these 12-inch figures from Jabba's palace— I would have thought perhaps they might go more Max Rebo band, but they've also done some Cantina stuff. There's the Han and Greedo and Enviorama. And, well, let's face it, it's very easy to sell the entire modal nodes as a set because the difference is the musical instrument, I think. But all those will be available Thursday. If you sign up for our new release newsletter, you will get an email as soon as those are online so you're able to go and place your order. Over at Brian's Toys, they've got Vintage Wave 6 back in stock. And you can pre-order the Kit Fisto FX lightsaber. I hope you're getting that one. I am. I'm happy because I don't think we get enough new hilts ever no. since Hasbro took over the license. It's been same old hilts with removable blades, which just don't have the pull for me that new hilts do. Because I'm not removing the blades. I'm not wearing these. I'm not cosplaying with them. I set them up on a stand in the Sasonian and leave them that way. And the fact that I can remove the blades only helps if I'm, you know, packing to move things for me. I think it would be great for costumers, though. I do think that. But I will be getting the Kit Fisto because of the new hilt. And remember, right now, Brian's Toys is having free shipping on orders of $75 or more of in-stock merchandise if you use the code SHIPFREE, all one word, S-H-I-P-F-R-E-E. And make sure to tell them that you heard about them at Star Wars Action News. And in some more online news, Hasbro released some images of new upcoming battle packs, and there was kind of a shock rippled throughout the community as there's only three figures per pack. Did there used to be five? And then there were four. Oh, yeah. And then now we're down to three. So you just bought three battle packs at Target yesterday. I did, but this is what I wanted to say is currently battle packs range in the 22 to $30 range, depending on where you buy them. And people were wondering, are we getting more bilked again? Are they removing a figure but leaving the price point the same? I'm tempted to think that they're realizing, because at least in my area, the battle packs are just sitting on the shelves. They are not hard to find at all. 
They are always there. Even the newer ones, which are repacks, but newer ones out there are easy to find. I think that maybe Hasbro realized that they went above the sweet spot for that whole gift thing. Mm-hmm. I was really worried that they were going to be trying to charge around a $25 MSRP for three figures, which isn't out of line, really. I mean, if you're spending, say, $9.99 or $10.99 for a vintage figure, three of those is 30 so three in a pack, 20 but given that these target packs were $19.99 each, I really wonder if they're going to be bringing down the battle pack prices and we're going to be seeing them back at that more impulse buy type of price. I bet not. I bet you're going to see the price staying around the same. People tend to stick to price points and then when they can no longer afford to get into the price point is when the product is shrunken. It's called the grocery shrink ray. You see it on a lot of things. Like if you look at your peanut butter, it's probably... A lot smaller than it used to be, but you still pay the same price for it. It's that kind of thing. Which is what they did when they went from five figures to four. Mm-hmm. But I still think that maybe we're going to see a price reduction down to three. Otherwise, these vintage three packs were Target exclusives for $20. And as we all know, exclusives usually cost more, not less. Yeah, but I bet that they're going to stick around the same price point. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, Reverend Strode in the forums posted that there were some new items showing up in UK Toys R Us computers. The first is a vintage Y-Wing, which they've been talking about forever doing a nice retooled vintage style Y-Wing. Okay, there's one that's really cool. The Trench Run Scene Pack. Yeah, this is showing up as pretty expensive, 130 pounds in the UK computer. That's $212 for us Yanks. But that could be very cool. For that price, I'm almost wondering if you might not get three vehicles in there going down the trench. Maybe it'll come with some kind of cool pack that you can use as part of the display, too. But that's the Trench Run scene pack. There's also a Trench Run vehicle and figure pack showing up in the U.S. for 110 So maybe that's the same item. And if it's only 110 then I bet we get kind of like the Rise of Boba Fett pack. And it'll be a number of figures and maybe a larger vehicle and a smaller vehicle. Strone's betting, Vader's tie, and Luke's X-Wing, plus a bunch of figures. That would be a cool thing. I don't think we've seen that enough. And one of the best... Best exclusives ever was the Costco X-Wing versus TIE Fighter pack. Just the packaging on that was so wonderful, even though they were repackaged vehicles. Just love that packaging. One of the few things that I'm absolutely keeping mint in window box because I love it so much. So something like that would be very cool. So I'm sure Hasbro will be revealing official details of these at some point in time soon. Maybe as late as Comic-Con, but Comic-Con's less than two months away. Yeah, that doesn't sound so close, does it? Oh my gosh. All right, I guess it's a little over two months, but about two months. About three. Yeah. No. Oh, it is two, isn't it? Yeah. Start packing that, too. Her Universe recently announced that they're going to debut two new shirts at Star Wars Weekends, which are going to be hosted by Ashley Eckstein. And they're also going to have two of their designs in sizes available for little girls or little boys. You could buy them for little boys, I guess. No, when you're a little boy, you do not want to be wearing women's clothing because... It's probably just a generic shirt. I'm, I'm thinking not even just for, you know, any cross-dressing thing, but kids are cruel. And if they see online that this is a girl's shirt that you're wearing, kids are cruel. True. Well, the two shirts you can get for little girls are the Ahsoka Chibi and the Daddy's Little Girl shirt, which I guess would be really cute. I know my niece would probably love those because she loves Ahsoka and she loves Star Wars in general. It's the perfect thing for fathers to get their daughters for Father's Day. Yes. And then the two adult-sized shirts, they've got original trilogy, which is good because it's time the original trilogy got some love. One of them is a gray shirt with, like, different scenes on it from the original trilogy. 
It looks like it's mostly Empire. And then the other one is a black shirt with a Yoda design on it. It looks like a, kind of like a Japanese Yoda design, like a banner. Those are debuts starting May 20th at Star Wars Weekends. But with all that out of the way, let's get to the real news of the week. This is what this whole week has been about. May 4th. Of course, that May the 4th be with you joke, which was really funny the first time I heard it. Before there was an internet? Yeah. I actually hadn't heard about it pre-internet. Uh, I hadn't even heard about it before we started doing our show, I don't think. I think I first heard it maybe 2005, 2006. I'm sure it was floating around before then. Escaped my radar. Five years later, ha! It's like an elf joke. Is it that good? Are you sure? And I think it's really unfair to people with lisps. <laughs> I think that the, uh, whatever little politically correct group supports people with lisps needs to get together and boycott May the 4th Be With You Day. I guarantee there is one. Everybody has some pack, right? There's got to be a lobbyist for lisps. Huh. Well, lisps a programming language also. Yes, it stands for lots of insanely stupid parentheses. That's kind of funny. It's actually not what it stands for. It's okay. great for AI. <laughs> but this year, Lucasfilm decided to capitalize on the buzz around May the 4th. They even had a countdown clock and said, In a world where people with lisps are made fun of by Star Wars fans, all will be revealed. On May the 4th. All right, so they didn't say the list. No. But they did say all would be revealed on May the 4th. People were insane. All will be revealed. What could it be? And it was quickly sussed out. It's going to be all the details on the Blu-ray. And everybody's refreshing, and everybody's clicking, and everybody's going nuts. Because Star Wars on Blu-ray, that's a big deal. I know we'd been waiting for it forever. Of course, the announcement's now over a year old, right? Or about mm-hmm. a year old. We knew about it long before George Lucas got to make the announcement at Celebration. Now, I do have to understand, I need to kind of take a step back. Being a host of a podcast who has a collection that's outgrown 2,000 square feet of space, perhaps my view could be a little myopic at times. And I need to understand that there are going to be fans who are excited about Star Wars on Blu-ray who may not have Star Wars tattoos and live and breathe Star Wars the way I do. People who may never have heard of Grand Admiral Thrawn (laughs) or a Kubrick still will want Star Wars on Blu-ray. And so I understand that Lucasfilm needs to make the announcements so that it's carried on CNN and MSNBC Mm -hmm. so that the casual Star Wars fan will be able to know about them and be excited about them and be headed to Amazon to place the pre-orders, which have been available for quite some time. So on the one hand, I do get it. On the other hand, this is the third time the Blu-rays have been announced. (laughs) And it's like, okay, thanks for trickling out that information. And now here they were trying to do something a little different. The details will be revealed. The big announcement of the Blu-rays was when Lucas got to do it at Celebration 5. Of course, we already knew that from before, leaving Lucas' biggest announcement that Darth Maul's brother was showing up on The Clone Wars and that Obi-Wan came from Planet Stu Jim. But, oh, Stu John. But, all right, let's see what May the 4th brings. I just want to go to whoever's at Lucasfilm's social media department and slap them around with a fish. (laughs) 
I really do. Because I am sure that somebody there was like, social media is a buzzword. We need to build on that. How can we do it? Let's force our fans to tweet and Facebook about this Blu-ray release. We are going to force Star Wars to go viral. That doesn't work. That's like a 50-year-old's version of how the internet works. Do you think Spaghetti Cat had a marketing department saying we're going to force people to tweet Spaghetti Cat in order for Spaghetti Cat to become the classic it is? Do you think Chocolate Rain had a marketing department saying if you want to hear more of Chocolate Rain, you need to tweet about us? Insert dramatic gopher look here. I don't think so. Wait, where's my internet money? Exactly. So when you clicked on the link, well, first of all, somebody over at Marvel Comics and 20th Century Fox needs to send Lucasfilm a great thank you. Because when they announced this, the traffic was so great that it crashed the server. And so when I clicked the link in the morning to see the Star Wars announcement, I was very confused while I was watching a trailer for X-Men First Class. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to tell you something and it's a big mashup. I thought it was actually a, a prank. I thought it was like X-Men First Class isn't getting enough buzz. Let's get all the Star Wars fans to watch the X-Men First Class trailer. No, it turned out the servers had crashed and they just redirected us to the 20th Century Fox page, which was advertising X-Men First Class as their big summer tentpole movie. But it left me scratching my head wondering what the hell was going on. But then when they finally got things back up and running, I got to see about 7% of the video. And <laughs> seven. it was ticking up. Yes, yeah, 7%. I'm not even making that up. It, was, it, it told me, you are seeing 7% of the video. There's 93% more. And if you want to see it, you must share it on Facebook. You must share it on Twitter. And when enough people share it, we will reveal the whole thing. That kind of is crappy. So did enough people share it? Oh, of course they did. But I was not one of them. I refused. I, I, I made a stand. I will only watch when other people have shared it. I think that that's terrible. I mean, if you are making an announcement of good enough import, then you don't need to force people to share it. It's like all those stupid Facebook things. This is why I quit Facebook is get this, but only if you subscribe to this service that'll post 500 things to your wall. So all of your friends see an advertisement for us in order for you to see the answer to your horoscope. I am probably the least fun person on Facebook is one, I refuse to click on anybody's links from YouTube unless it's a video you specifically made, then I'll click on it. And I don't play Farmville. I don't play the stupid Facebook games. And I'm probably pretty snarky. Probably so. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't like that. I don't like that. In order for me to watch your commercial, you need to make me a commercial for you. Yeah, I don't do your advertising. It's kind of like buying a shirt with All Pepsi right, I got, on it. I actually got to correct you. You, we do do Lucasfilm's uh, advertising. We're here every week telling people where to go spend their money. Actually, for, we do for Hasbro, I guess, and Sideshow yeah. and General Giant. Yeah, although I don't think we did Sideshow any favors this week. But <laughs> I'm sorry, but figuring Dan's mouth didn't do anyone any favors. Or maybe it did. Yeah, but at least we choose to do this. Don't put a gun to our head and be like, you want to see the video? Well, then share it. Guess what? The devout will share it no matter what. And they'll tell their casual Star Wars fan friends on these things. If you make a cool enough video, you don't need to force it to try and go viral. And you know what happened? You got 100%. Guess how many posts I've seen about that video since it hit 100%. I've seen zero. Zero. So congrats. That didn't work out for 
you. I mean, I'm sure you got the shares that day on May the 4th. Congratulations. But I think it was really a crappy marketing move. You know what I don't like is this faux trick marketing that you can so transparent and you see right through it and you're like, come on, you're going to release it anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah, if, I don't like that. If everyone had done what I did and didn't share it, do you think they would have just been like, okay, well, we're never showing you the video now. Well, I wonder if it was just they had some kind of script running where if you shared it, you could instantly go back and just see it. I don't think they did. Oh. More to the point, I wonder if they had a script running. Were they really tracking it? I mean, there were buttons on the page. You could really track it. Or was it a time clock? Yeah, that could have been too. Because they certainly wouldn't want the embarrassment of never having it be. But I know I sat on the page for a while and it actually would update percentages as I sat there over a span of a couple hours. I got to see up to 13%. But all right, how they made the announcement aside, let's look at the announcement. They said all will be revealed. No, no, I'm still got questions. I'm happy with what was revealed, though. First of all, it's on Blu-ray. Yay! Golf clap. It's coming out in September. Just in time for your birthday. It is. A little late. You're going to have to give me a pre-order slip. I, yeah. Although uh, I'm not pre-ordering because I'm expecting that Walmart will have figures and Best Buy will have a tchotchke and Target may have a coin. Actually, what you're going to get is a certificate good for a midnight to midnight getting all the exclusives that come with the Star Wars Blu-ray set and the wife not saying a thing about you buying eight copies of it. I imagine that somewhere I'll be buying the nine-disc set. Someplace I'll be buying the prequel three-disc set. Someplace I'll be buying the original Trilogy three disc set. And guess what? Everyone we know is getting Star Wars and Blu-ray for Christmas. <laughs> it's how convenient we gave your parents a Blu-ray player last year. I know. I don't think my dad's ever seen Star Wars. I want to say, though, maybe I'm a little on the bleeding edge, but this Blu-ray is coming a few months too late for me. About two months ago, I got an Apple TV, and now all of a sudden, physical media is so dead to me. I don't like putting in a disc. I want to push a couple buttons and pull it off my home server. And I remember when we had Steve Sansweet on the show, not the le- most recent time. I think it was maybe when we did our live show from Comic-Con on the Kotobukiya stage. But he said, maybe Star Wars won't be on Blu-ray. Maybe Blu-ray isn't the next media. Maybe it's direct download. And I was thinking at the time, oh, Steve, no, give me my media. And now I'm like, yep, direct download. I want that. Give me 1080p direct download. I'm good with that. Because now I'm just going to get the Blu-rays. And what do I have to do? Rip them. Put them on my server. I do pull out the Blu-ray rays if I want a special feature or if there's a movie that I rip in lower quality and then I decide this time I want the highest quality Star Wars I'm just going to rip in the highest quality and you know take a few hundred gig off of my server for it but yeah it's media hmm it's just once you have a household where all of your media is ripped and you have all your music and movies with two remote clicks away it's so convenient I know it's like living on Bespin everything's in the cloud <laughs> I love it. It is very convenient. And I was the one who started the thing because I hate having to get up and put in a disc and then you put in another one. And what started it was one day I was homesick and I was watching a TV series and every six episodes I had to get up and put a new disc and I hated it. And now I have Apple TVs and it's amazing. Yeah. And not to be an ad for Apple TV, but it's like at this point I've changed the way I view buying movies and I would more rather buy them off of iTunes and high def and have them immediately ripped and everything because I don't necessarily need a box. I don't necessarily need a disc. What? I know. This is a big change for you. It is. You're talking to a person or you're listening to a person... (laughs) 
who owns about 4,000 compact discs. And I am in the process right now of moving them all to cold storage as I rip them and put them on the server and then just store them as archival backups. Arnie, we don't live in a bunker. We don't have cold storage. I literally mean cold storage. We live in the Midwest. In the winter, it will be cold. So physical media, all right, but here's what excites me, 1080p and 6.1 DTS surround sound. Now, I checked the previous DVDs were 5.1, so this is a new sound mix that hopefully fixes some of the complaints people had about the other ones. Let's talk about tweaks for a minute. Obviously, every release just about is slightly tweaked somehow. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking with the 3D movies coming, the tweaks here will be minimal. We had talked on this show before, Dan and Jerry talked last week and actually it was dan and jerry that got me thinking the whole getting liam back in the studio and having him do a voice for the clone wars tv series we were thinking maybe they'll insert that qui-gon scene back in for the blu-ray release no no they're gonna save that for the 3d theatrical release that's gonna be the big changes but here maybe they'll fix a few things like the color of luke's lightsaber when he's training on the millennium falcon on the flight to alderaan and maybe make it not look like a cartoon it was green for some reason yeah i I don't know why it was green it wasn't even green in the original version or the special edition but somehow in trying to fix it somebody got confused and thought they were doing a scene from return of the jedi here's the thing i don't have many complaints about it except for the special editions with you know the java and everything but that's even better though on the latest dvds where they pulled out the phantom menace java the other question is we know there are scenes with the cgi yoda in phantom menace will that be blu-ray my guess is we'll be seeing it about two months later well all right i'm thinking christmas we'll see it about five months later in the phantom menace 3d not in the phantom menace blu-ray but what they said they said all will be revealed and one of the most exciting moments it was almost surreal i couldn't believe i was living it i couldn't believe it was real truthfully i was having an out of body experience when Lucas showed the cut scene from Return of the Jedi that I, who, uh, like I said earlier, the show, Live and Breathe Star Wars, did not know existed of Luke and R2, Luke finishing his saber. I thought that was from the radio drama. I thought that was not filmed. I didn't know that was ever existed. Bigs on Anchorhead? Of course, everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. The furry coat Jabba? Everyone knows. But this, I didn't know. I wanted to know what scenes are we going to see. Are we going to see C-3PO ripping down the signs so the Wampas attack the Stormtroopers from Empire? Are we going to see the Sandstorm scene? I'm pretty sure we're going to see the Sandstorm scene because, you know, Hasbro made some figures. Yes. But see, here's my feeling. I, I'm kind of mixed on deleted scenes because if I really like a movie and really love a movie, I kind of don't like to tarnish it. But then curiosity really gets to me sometimes. I think, all right, would I have liked what they were going to put in and what they filmed? But I'm kind of of the mindset that I kind of would like to see them all inserted into the movie and make like an extreme version of the movie. Maybe someone will do that. I'm sure that if it's of good enough quality, a fan edit will happen yeah. with it. It took me a about 20 years to get to this point. But I think that when you cut things from a film, usually they're better left cut. Unless it's an MPAA cut or something, or one of the times when the studios come in and take control away from a filmmaker, like Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions, where the final cut that the studio released was nonsensical. It didn't even have a plot, and the final cut was better. But for the most part, if you watch deleted scenes on, say, funny people, you realize that those scenes were cut for a reason. Because 
because they weren't funny people in those scenes. I have no idea what two movies you're even talking about. <laughs> okay, well, you can IMDb them later. Yeah. But usually when going through for pacing reasons, only extreme fans like want this extra stuff. Look at the Lord of the Rings cuts. I personally think the two-hour cuts are better than the three-hour cuts because I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I'd rather see a well-paced movie than see every possible detail from the book brought to life with slavish recreation. And I'm torn on that because sometimes I'll read a book novelization of the movie or read the book before, and I think that the movie left out certain things that really enhanced it that made the book better. But with Star Wars, I am such an extreme fan. I want every frame that was ever filmed. I want all of the different angles. I want all the raw footage when they had Harrison Ford stand in while they were just doing Carrie Fisher's close-ups. I want all of it released because I'm that extreme. So with Star Wars, yeah, give me all the cutscenes you have. Give me... Bigs at Anchorhead at a minimum. Give me more stuff I didn't know. So all will be revealed. All that was revealed is that we're getting deleted scenes. It actually says deleted, extended, and alternate scenes from episodes one through six. But if you were going to reveal all, you'd tell me what they were. All I know is about the same. Now, here's something else that was revealed, is that we're getting the same audio commentaries we got before, plus a new audio commentary track. I was actually disappointed with the Star Wars audio commentaries we got before. I like Ben Burt. I've met Ben Burt. Ben Burt's a nice guy. But Ben Burt isn't who I want sitting there walking me through the Star Wars films, which I don't know why, but especially on the original trilogy, it seemed like a chat by the fireside with Ben Burt. And Every so often, Carrie Fisher or George Lucas would pop their heads in. Don't you want George Lucas talking throughout the entire movie about every creative decision and explaining like a director's commentary does? Be it a stupid, inane, this was a hard day for shooting because everyone was sick because craft services used bad mayo story or... Those are fun stories, though. Here's my problem. I do not like commentaries. I cannot stand to listen to people talk about a movie, which is rather ironic, come to think of it. Because most of the time, they're so dull, and they're so dry, and you just want it to end. Unless they've got something interesting to say, and good stories, and they really give you some insight. Now, you love commentaries, period. No. You don't. I thought you I did. I listen to commentaries. Oh, okay. But again, kind of like coming to realization that I prefer final cuts of films versus extended cuts, I've come to realize that just about 95% of all content in commentaries is the same, and every so often you get that gem. So no, I don't, I listen to director's commentaries for when I'm reviewing and researching for now playing, but pre now playing, I hadn't listened to a director's commentary in a long time, unless it's a film that again, I really want to know every detail of or a director who I know is going to say something funny or say something fun or interesting. Normally they're pretty dull, but George Lucas, I mean, I've seen the man speak live twice. I've seen him on tape or on big screen many times. I hang on the man's every word. I archive on DVD, or now I'm ripping those DVDs that I burned myself into my cloud, but I archive his every interview that I get on television. I want him to tell me, you know, the stuff that maybe I already know because I've read the annotated screenplays. Maybe I already know about the Bendu Knights and all of this, but I want Lucas to talk about these films. I don't want all of the different things. And if Ben Burt has two hours of material per movie, give Ben Burt his own commentary track, you know? So I'm a little disappointed that we're not 
not getting new commentaries. And then they're adding a new commentary track. But I'm kind of disappointed in that because what they are doing is taking old interviews with the cast and crew and editing it together and letting it run alongside the movie. Now, I'm happy to be getting these interviews, but I'd rather just have the interviews straight up rather than have them edited and try to put them against a scene where that statement they're making kind of makes sense. And really, we know that Carrie Fisher hangs out at George Lucas's mansion. She says so about how she's like having breakfast there and people talk about how they're over at Skywalker Ranch and over there's Mark Hamill and George Lucas having breakfast. These people hang out together. Get them into a room for a new commentary. Wouldn't that be fun? I mean, look at how much fun it was to see Carrie Fisher with Mark Hamill and George Lucas on stage at Celebration 5. You never knew what was going to come out of Carrie's mouth. That is very true. There were conspiracy theories that Carrie Fisher... (laughs) incest jokes caused the show to end early. I don't think that's true. No. But there were those theories. I would love just put these people in a room, press play on the movie, and set them up with a microphone, and let's see what happens. Something like that. Archival interviews, a little disappointed. Now, what really excites me, though, totally excites me, is disc nine of this DVD set. How did I guess that? You can only get disc nine if you buy, you know, the six movie set. If you're like, I hate those prequels. Well, they you're not getting disc nine, are you? Because you have to buy all six movies to get the three bonus discs with all the cut scenes and things. But disc nine, I cannot believe, Jerry, kudos to you. Because you were saying last week on the show, before we had any knowledge, that what if they went back and got all of these makings of? And you even said the making of Star Wars from 1977 and archive it and put it out there. That's exactly what disc nine is. I can't believe how right you were. You get a conversation with the masters, Empire Strikes back 30 years later the making of star wars empire strikes back spfx classic creatures return of the jedi anatomy of a dewback star wars tech now i already own star wars tech on dvd because i that was released by i think that was on the history channel or a and e or one of them but the rest of these i'm so glad to be getting because as i mentioned earlier i record all this stuff anyway and archive it for myself some of this i don't have making of star wars 77 there's also star wars spoofs with how i met your mother and the Weird Al video. I'm really looking forward to getting a chance to watch all of this. I really liked the two and a half hour documentary that came with the original DVDs before. I've watched it several times when it repeats in its edited form on A&E. I think this is great that they're putting it out there. And I've, I've heard complaints. The biggest complaint I've heard is why haven't they put From Star Wars to Jedi on here? I think that's the biggest complaint because it's the one most people are familiar with because it was packaged with the VHS series. Mm-hmm. And had they packaged something else there they wouldn't shout for that yeah one. it's just it's the low-hanging fruit why isn't it on there maybe it's not on there because a lot of people already have the vhs and have done what i do and ripped it to dvd some people think it should be broader i'm really happy with what it is i'm as i'm happy that they're giving me as much as they are what does it not include i'm confused what else would you want on there george goes to the bathroom no just more of the making of there's a lot more makings yeah, of yeah but how much of that do you need all of it they have to save some for future media formats. Well, you have a point there. People are pointing out this is not the last Blu-ray release, but it might be the last Blu-ray release of this cut of the movies. Whatever cut it is, whatever tweaks it has, I'm sure when they go to 3D, there'll be changes again. Now, there are some people complaining, oh, we're not getting the original theatrical cuts. I'm kind of with you, but if they're not going to go through the trouble of cleaning them up for 1080p, then what's the point? Just take your DVDs, put them in your Blu-ray player, get them through an up-convert 
returning receiver, it's going to be the best that they do anyway. I'm really happy with this set. I'm really excited for this set. The 6.1 audio, the 1080p video, all of these making of docs, it gives me something really to look forward to in September instead of just turning a year older. Mm -hmm. I think this is good news. I just, the marketing made the announcement seem less than it was. The other thing, though, and I will agree with some people on our forums who said this, with all that they're putting on this ninth disc, why couldn't they have included the holiday special? Because George wants to smash every copy with a hammer. That's an urban legend. We don't know that that's true, and a lot of it has been incorporated into Star Wars canon. It is still the first appearance of Boba Fett, after all. True. Now, there may be a licensing right. I mean, maybe the network that aired it owns it and wanted a lot of money, and uh, George Lucas is a lot of things, and cheap is one of them. So maybe it was he wanted it for free, they wanted $10, and George was like, no, forget it. We don't know exactly what's going on, but it would have been a nice little inclusion as a bonus feature on one of these things. But I'm, I like what they're getting. It's good for us that they're giving us that. But if you're like Marjorie and you're not into making of documentaries and you're not into commentaries, then what have you got? Well, you've still got enhanced audio and enhanced picture on six fabulous films. And that's what I'll be looking forward to. We will be turning off the lights and watching this all in order, I imagine. Well, in the proper order, I should say. Which is? Do I even have to tell you? I'm curious because to me, the proper order is one is four, five, one, two, three, six. Mm-mm. Yeah, you do four, five, six, one, two, three. The way it was intended. The one thing I do notice is the set is very original trilogy heavy. A lot of the making ofs are from the original trilogy. Making of Star Wars, making of Empire. What I said on the forums is there was a making of Phantom Menace that aired on Fox television back in 99, hosted by Samuel L. Jackson, where he got the great line, the double-bladed lightsaber, when you absolutely positively have to take out every bad Battle droid in the room, except no substitutes. I would have loved that, you know? I mean, it's it's some good stuff. I have it on VHS, and I'm going to be converting it to my cloud, so I'm happy enough. But I think that's something they should have put out there. There's a lot of things out there. The other thing I do like is the cover art. I like how they've kind of gone lenticular, and you've got Tatooine and the Suns, and it's Luke. Oh, it's Anakin, you know? Anakin walking away from Tatooine, Luke facing the Suns. I like the... Yoda dominating the prequel art, Vader dominating the original trilogy art. I think that's a really good job. It's a new look, and I'm always happy when Star Wars gets a new look that still has the old feel. I'm not sure how you feel about the 9-disc set packaging. Maybe it'll grow on me. I really want to see it in the lenticular because the image that was shown, it kind of has a ghost on it, but it's lenticular. I think when we see it from one angle, it's Luke, and from the other, it's Anakin. It's not going to be this little ghosted image. The other problem I have... Haven't we all had enough of Yoda and Vader? They're on no, e- but they're on everything. It, I guess. Well, what would you prefer, Grievous and Moff Tarkin? Jar Jar. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't send me hate mail. No, I just think maybe a collage, maybe where they weren't the centerpiece. Maybe it's the characters everybody knows. Yeah, it's the characters everybody likes. <laughs> There's no. And I have to guess. I have to understand that they are not marketing it towards us diehards. Mm-hmm. It's towards people like my brother who like Star Wars and. I pick it up. Yeah. I think it works. I really do think it works. But now we asked our listeners for their thoughts on this Blu-ray announcement. So let's hear a few that were sent in to our voicemail. Hey, guys. Uh, saw on Twitter you were looking for some feedback on the Blu-ray news. Uh, this is Pete from Washington, by the way. Um, I have to say I'm a little bit disappointed because the original 
cuts of the original trilogy, it doesn't look like will be part of the nine disc package. And for some of us who grew up with those movies, um, it would have been nice to see the original versions that we saw in theaters remastered for Blu-ray. And if you recall, when they were released on DVD, they weren't even widescreen enhanced. So it's unfortunate. I, I think those three movies should be treated as uh, uh, historical historical archive. Um, so it's disappointing to me that, that uh, the original versions of those didn't get included. But, hey, everything else looks pretty good. Old-style documentaries that are on their SPFX, as well as the original making of Star Wars classic creatures from Jedi, um, but the original cuts would have been nice to have. So, just my thoughts. Bye. Thanks for calling in. I think, Marjorie, you and I both agree with him that the original cuts are the ones we hold most dear because they're what we grew up with, right? Yeah, that's what I have fond memories of. But I'd kind of like to pick apart what you said there. You said you'd like the original films remastered for Blu-ray. Once they're remastered, they're not the original films. They're remastered. What the special editions were, primarily, if you watch the making of the special editions, is the remastering of the original prints and doing the cleanup needed this was the biggest change to the special editions it wasn't greedo shooting first it wasn't new effects and cgi for the death star trench run or the death star attack in general really the biggest change was taking that original negative which had degraded over the course of 20 years and making it something high resolution making it something nice if you even look at the thx releases of star wars they've done some remastering to it. But yet, that was close enough. It was a cleanup. We're fine with that. But watching the making of the special editions and seeing all the work that had to be done frame by frame on the film, especially A New Hope, to bring it up to the quality that was demanded for a theatrical presentation in 1997, it was painstaking. It was expensive. And yeah, Lucas made some changes. He added Jabba in and things. And I think these are the things that we as fans who remember the old one would like to see as an option. And in Blu-ray, you can even do branching where you could have people even be able to choose who shoots first or something. But it would require them to go back to that original and again, do all of this upgrades and then not put in the enhancements. It's not a quick flip. I do wish, like you'd said, that the DVDs that came out with the original cuts had been anamorphic. They are not anamorphic. They will not scale to your screen. You've got to hit the little zoom button in order to bring it full up, assuming your TV or Blu-ray player have that feature. But now we're into splitting hairs. You want them to make these changes, but not that change. You want them to spend the money to do this and not that. And what it comes down to is Lucas likes his newer versions better. We may not, but he's the one who has the negatives. He's the one who's spending the money. Is it profitable for him? Again, I, I said earlier, Lucas is cheap. He's a, He became rich not by being a good filmmaker, but by being an incredibly good businessman is it a worthwhile investment for him to spend the money to upgrade those old ones versus just continuing to improve the new ones he's going to make a lot more money off of these 3d films than he would off of a cleaned up negative from 1977 i think we'd like it i would i would like it i really would i am with you i'd be happy if the dvds were just anamorphic really all the dvds did is give us laser discs on a dvd format it was the laser disc release it was 
was lazy. But you know what else it was? It was cheap. It didn't cost him anything. That's how we were able to get it as a bonus feature. I guess what I'm saying here is I'm with you in that I would like it. I really would. But I can see both sides of the coin and I'm not going to hold my breath for it because I don't think we're going to get it. And there are certain things I like about the special editions better, truth be told. And there are things I don't like as much. Should the original version be preserved for history because it is what was groundbreaking? It is what became the top grossing film of all time pre-tweak? I can see that. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. But when you look at the casual person, they don't care. They don't know and they don't care. The casual person may know that Jabba wasn't in the one that they saw before. They're not going to remember who shot first. They're not going to remember that Greedo never got a shot off in the cantina. And honestly, I have a hard time telling you all the things that were different in the Death Star attack at the end. I really do. And the special editions, I've seen them so much over the course of the past 15 years almost, that that to me is almost as much in my memory as the originals. It's hard to believe, but yeah, the special editions are two-thirds as old, three-fourths as old as the original cut was before that. So, thanks for the voicemail. I didn't mean to dissect it too much, but I think it's an important viewpoint for us who did grow up with the original that we miss it, but perhaps some things can't be recaptured from our childhood, and we'll always have the memories of seeing it in its original format. And the DVDs. They're not the greatest, but at least we have those. Plus, maybe you can kind of do what I'm doing and, you know, rip those DVDs and then you have it on the cloud and you get some video mastering software. You know, there's 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 options that you can take into your own hands, too. Hi, this is John from Brick, New Jersey, and I wanted to comment about the Blu-ray release. Um, the thing I'm disappointed in is that there was no mention of any digital distribution. I, I uh, you know, by uh, iTunes or whatnot, okay? Thanks. Bye. John, you surely belong among us up here in the clouds. Or the cloud, as it may be. Yes. I'm betting no on digital distribution. I am too, for one major reason. The whole point of Blu-ray is the 1080p. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that through digital distribution. A Blu-ray holds about 40 gigabytes of data. Now, perhaps if you live in Zimbabwe, that's really quick. But here, that takes a long time in America, which is a fourth world internet country, to download. I could go off on an entire rant about the FC. CC and broadband caps and all of that, but I'm not going to, and I'm just going to say I don't see it happening because this is all about the highest possible fidelity, which you don't get on a digital download, which you can get if you rip it yourself and you have, you know, say a home NAS with a lot of disk storage so that you can afford to spend 40 gigabytes per disk. Even I don't do that with my ripping, though. I rip at what I consider an acceptable quality, except for something like Star Wars, where the only acceptable quality is the best quality. This isn't about a release of Star Wars on all home media. This is about Blu-ray release of Star Wars. They're not gonna split their focus right now. But, as I mentioned earlier this show, Sansweet did say that they weren't sure if Blu-ray was the next step or digital distribution. Eventually, digital distribution will become the norm, I believe. I believe physical media is on the way out. I, on, on a lot of things. Books, magazines, comics, 
CDs, movies. CDs pioneered the way. Everything else is following. And so this time, no, no digital downloads, especially not for all these bonus features. But it will come. Again, until then, Blu-ray players for computers have become really cheap, and there are some software options that are legal for home use, theoretically. Uh, The whole fair use law in the United States is all very fuzzy. I, I don't necessarily want to go to court to defend myself on it, but what I know is for personal use, there's a lot of things available to you. Hey, Swan, it's Eric. I go three on the boards. Just wanted to tell you that I just popped into my local Walmart, and they have all the Saga Legends and all of the latest waves of the Clone War figures on clearance for $5 a piece. So I thought that was a pretty sweet deal if I picked up a couple. I uh, just wanted to tell you that, and um, also can't wait for the Blu-ray release. I'm really excited for the uh, three documentaries that's going to be on it from the uh, time when the original movies were out. So can't wait for that. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for the tip on the sale. First of all, I remember when $5 figure used to be the norm, and now it's a buy them all. (laughs) Yeah, I remember Revenge of the Sith, I think, was the last time they were that cheap. Mm -hmm. And the Blu-rays, yeah, you're with me on the documentaries. I have a feeling Marjorie's going to be off in the sewing room or doing something else while I'm watching all of these hours and hours of documentaries. I'm looking forward to it. And finally, last year to share our thoughts, our Star Wars Action News book club liaison, Brock. We'll get that book club back someday. And Nate. Ethan P. Butler here to give their thoughts on the Blu-ray announcements. Hello, everyone. This is Brock, Star Wars Action News Book Club liaison, and I'm the book reviewer and the announcer here at Star Wars Action News, and I'm here again with Nathan P. Butler. Hello, hello. And we are here to give our thoughts on the brand new announcement, as of the day we're recording this, in fact, of the Blu-ray special stuff on the, was it nine disc, ten disc? Nine discs. Nine discs coming out. No, no, no. There was, there was going to be 12, and now there's nine. Eventually, there's going to be only six. <laughs> <laughs> Very clever, Nathan. Very well done. So, Blu-ray set coming out in the fall. We have taken a look at the complete Blu-ray specs, and they promised us 30 hours of additional material in addition to the six films for the first time in one package. And if you've seen this list, and probably if you're listening to this show, you have, it's basically commentaries, a bunch of behind-the-scenes stills, three classic documentaries. Well, there's there's quite a bit of documentaries. It's not just three classic. They've given us basically a whole disc of Star Wars documentaries. It's just that the documentaries they chose are a little bit surprising. Okay. Yeah, basically it looks like what we're getting is each trilogy winds up being three discs each just for the movies. And that's where you get your audio commentary, your archival interviews, and that sort of thing, which actually kind of surprised me because I've seen Blu-rays packed with a heck of a lot more just on one disc than it seems like we're getting with each of these film discs. I have to agree. You can almost think we could fit two, two movies on a disc with this much content. But I don't need two movies, but why don't you make each disc per movie? The Superman set on DVD a couple years ago did just that. They had a movie, and then they had a bunch of stuff that related to that particular movie on that disc. They're also getting two commentaries. One of them looks like the same commentary we already have from the DVD release, and then a second commentary, which they're piecing together from archival interviews, which I think is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But say each commentary is two hours. That means each film has four hours of commentary, six films. So that's 24 hours of the bonus features are commentaries. If there's 30 hours of additional footage and it's 24 hours of commentaries, what's left? Is my math wrong? 
are they considering that, though, part of their count? Because it would seem to me that it would be cutting it really close on being able to hit that 30-hour mark, given what they're saying is going to be with the set. It, it may actually count toward the 24 hours, but you've got an extra disc for each trilogy. So disc 7 and 8 is going to be all this archival stuff, deleted scenes, alternate scenes, stuff like that, right. uh, supplementary interviews. you got to wonder what's going to show up on those, perhaps even stuff from the previous DVD releases or something. I hope. So the length of that is is kind of fluctuating, of mm-hmm. course, as far as what we think it might be. And then you've got the ninth disc, which has a grand total, at least as they've released it so far, of eight Star Wars documentaries, three of which are brand new documentaries being created specifically, it seems like, for this set, or at least having been first released to the public on this set. You've got Star Warriors, which is basically about the 501st Legion, which right. kind of surprised me for that to be a separate documentary, given how much other documentary material they are leaving off this set, which certainly we can touch on briefly. Uh, you've got a new one called A Conversation with the Masters, The Empire Strikes Back 30 Years Later, which has George Lucas, Irvin Kershaw, and so forth, looking back on The Empire Strikes Back. And we have a new one called Star Wars Spoofs that takes a look at Star Wars spoofs in things like Family Guy, Simpsons, sort of like a clip show. Yeah, sounds like a clip show. But the rest of it is stuff that we've seen before, but it's an interesting collection of them. There's The Making of Star Wars from 1977, which you could have gotten years ago on really kind of crappy VHS from what I've seen. Which I did. you could have gotten with that uh, (laughs) that special, was it like Corn Pops or whatever it is? It was Fruit Loops, I thought. It was Fruit Loops or Corn Pops back in 1997 with the special edition release. And I got that. I got that. That's the version I have. Yeah, it's, it's the weird one with C-3PO and R2-D2 actually hosting the special. Yeah. And then you've got The Empire Strikes Back SPFX from uh, 1980, which is, of course, behind-the-scenes stuff specifically for The Empire Strikes Back. Right. Then you have the classic creatures Return of the Jedi thing from, I guess it was CBS. Back CBS 83, Lando Carician. I'm sorry, Billy D. Williams hosted it, and Salacious Crumb was on there. I remember this thing. I had it on VHS. We taped it off TV. I watched it a thousand times when I was a kid. These three things you're mentioning are... TV shows. They're, you know, promotional 40-minute things. They're not really documentaries. They're right. It's, it's kind of a cheesy kind of thing. A couple of behind-the-scenes things. It'll be kind of fun to watch again now, especially that classic Creatures one that I haven't seen in many, many years. It's kind of a nostalgia trip. If you haven't seen these before, it's going to be an education. Yeah. And you've also got two others that are more recent. you got the Anatomy of a Dewback. Well, that was the here's how we make a special edition scene that was up on StarWars.com for so long. Right. And then we've got Star Wars Tech which is a special about, you know, how does Star Wars technology compare to real-world technology that was aired just a few years ago, and that one has already come out on DVD fairly recently. I mean, it was hard to find unless you went to somewhere uh, that actually was carrying it, which is pretty slim pickings at the time, but that's fairly recently released. But if you look at the list, it surprises me. I mean, we're talking about these things meant for promotions. There's no From Star Wars to Star Wars, hosted by Samuel L. Jackson, or any of the other more recent specials, and here they've got The Making of Star Wars, Going with a New Hope, The Empire Strikes back tied into the empire strikes back obviously the sbfx right. special classic creatures yeah ties into return of the jedi but what's the most obvious one missing from star wars to jedi the making of a saga you know hello in tv land the, yeah which is the one that was on the uh, first letterbox set they released that as the fourth yeah. disc as well as an additional uh, movie you could buy for years at any video store i guess the biggest issue with me on this set is 
It's not what's just included, but really what's not. Mm-hmm. This is a Blu-ray set, and I thought this was going to be the definitive version of the saga with all the extra stuff. Now, my wife asked me, how much more stuff do you think they have? And I'm like, I don't know. But there's a lot of stuff we've already seen that, in my mind, this is a Blu-ray set. And as you said before, they could fit a lot of stuff on Blu-rays. Don't understand why everything isn't here. Now, the obvious reason is they want me to double dip later on. Right. But the thing is this. If I'm going to rebuy these movies on Blu-ray for this format, I'm probably not going to rebuy them for this format again. The only reason I bought the second DVD set was because they released the original version of the movies as a special feature on the second disc, which we all know will probably not happen. Where is the documentary, um, the minute of film, whatever that thing is called, from Revenge of the Sith? Oh, in a minute, yeah. In a minute. Where's the beginning for episode one? We want to buy this set because we're not going to pop in our DVDs to watch those documentaries if we have a Blu-ray. We're going to watch the Blu-ray versions of the movies, so wouldn't it just be better to have one set now, a definitive set of my Star Wars collection, and not necessarily throw away my DVDs, but I'm not going to probably use them if I have the movies on Blu-ray. Furthermore, you can't tell me they're going to release the Ewok movies in Blu-ray. So why don't put them on here as a special feature? You know, throw us a bone. Fine, don't put the droids in Ewok cartoons or the holiday special because you don't want to. But the Ewok TV movies seems like obvious bonus material for this kind of set. Am I crazy to think that they should throw everything in the kitchen sink in this one set? It seems like they're omitting so much that regardless of what they're giving me, I'm still kind of feeling like it's not worth it. Right. I mean, it's it's another one of those, it's a question of, of how much do they want to push the number of discs in the set but we've seen some great collector sets with tons of discs sell pretty well. I mean, heck, the Avatar Special Edition set had, what, three, four, twenty cuts of the movie on it? So let's add some more cuts of the films for the Star Wars films onto these so we at least have them in this form, even if it's not necessarily up to par. The DVD versions of the classic original versions weren't up to par spec-wise with the other DVD versions, but we still went and bought those. Empire of Dreams, of course. Of course. Isn't here. Now, I'm not sure about the idea of including, say, the Ewok movies. I agree they probably won't release them separately. I don't know. I, I would expect that this is not the last time we'll see Star Wars on Blu-ray. I can't imagine this is the one and only release they're going to do. But it makes me wonder if they're going to do so many different variants of it. I mean, you can buy this three completely different ways. Yes. Why not make there be a super e duper e edition yeah. that maybe has a little bit more of that stuff if they're not going to release it later. What I would like to see them do is what we'll never see them do, which is to come <laughs> out and if they're not ever going to release that other stuff on Blu-ray in any form, if they're not going to release another of these sets that has even more stuff on it, I want them to flat out say to us, hey, folks, this is it. Just like uh, the original, one last time. Yeah, well, wait a minute. How about this? If they don't do that, how about just tell us why they didn't include everything else? Just give us a reason, a real reason. Just be straight with us. They know they're going to get us to buy these movies. I don't even own a Blu-ray player. I already have the Amazon order in for my pre-order for this set. I'm probably going to buy a Blu-ray player so I can watch these and watch all the special stuff. It's underwhelming to me, and I'm debating whether I should do that at night now or not, but I was gung-ho when they first announced this, because this is what I'm waiting for. This is the excuse I'm waiting for to buy a Blu-ray player. Because, honestly, Blu-ray, I'm not sure how long it's going to be around. And that's a discussion for a different time. But I don't know how many releases they think they're going to get out of Blu-ray. I really don't. And they're really late to this party as it is. Mm. So I just don't get it. I think one gigantic, wonderful set for us fans. How many times have we bought these movies already? (laughs) It would have been nice that they said, for all those folks who have done it before, Probably the last time you're going to buy a physical media disc, 
maybe, here you go, here's the kitchen sink, and go to town. Maybe my hopes were too high. Now, I heard nine discs. I'm like, they got to include some. I mean, they got to include everything on that. It's Blu-ray discs. And we got this. So we'll see what happens when it comes out. I hope I'm uh, more surprised than disappointed in September. Well, the good news is that fortunately, I mean, debate the merits of the bonus material all night. You yes. Know, because there's so many different things they could have included when they're picking and choosing, and some of it does seem a little odd. And who knows? Maybe there'll be more that they'll announce later and, and surprise it and, and, and <laughs> shock us all. Certainly today's reveal was rather surprisingly lackluster of, hey, let's show you a slideshow on the website and then give you a list of what's on it. But the good news is that most people buying these are going to be buying them to see the films. Even the diehard fans like me that have seen the movie so many times, you know, memorizing line after line, even in the prequels, and would normally be looking at it saying, gee, what's new? Looking at the bonus materials. Honestly, once we actually buy them, I think most people, the most viewing they're going to get out of it is the films themselves. And the films themselves, if other Blu-ray films or even the Clone Wars animated series are any indication, the films themselves are going to be absolutely gorgeous. I hope so. I'm yeah. only going to be angry with this set if things aren't fixed like Luke Skywalker's lightsaber being green in the DVD editions and the special editions in A New Hope, that greenish weird hue. Yeah. They can just do a few little color corrections and stuff here and there and make this the definitive version of the films for us to see in a home theater setting. I'm really not that concerned about the, the bonus stuff. The bonus stuff is bonus to me. I understand gonna, your point. And I've got a PS3. I'm one of the ones who are just going to be buying the movies. I don't have to also go out and buy an HD TV or buy a Blu-ray player. I think that's going to be a big selling issue, too. Yeah. If you've already got a way to play it, you can just look at the content. If you don't, then you're looking at the content and all this other pricing issue, and it totally changes the way that someone has to approach deciding whether to pre-order or pick up this thing at all. No, I'm with you. I'm in that, that latter boat. Now, what are your thoughts on the covers of the two sets? I think these are ugly as hell and completely inappropriately done because the prequels has Yoda's face, and you got to kind of look hard down in the corner to see Anakin. And the classic trilogy has the big Vader face, which may be a little more appropriate, and you got to look really tiny onto like the side of his mask to see Luke at all. The covers look really screwed up to me. Ever since the re-release with the uh, enhanced special effects before they released the special edition with 95... Uh, with those yeah. half a heads, I haven't been happy with any of the covers and hmm. any of the releases ever. I've just given up because every single last one has disappointed me. Everyone. I especially like how completely blah the complete nine disc set slipcase looking thing is. All right. Well, those are our thoughts, quick thoughts on the Blu-ray release announcement. And we'll throw it back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, guys. Well, that is our show for this week. We will be back next week with a UK report from the Ginger Prince, Brock and Nathan discussing a different topic, and some more of your voicemails. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. 
You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com, HansHideout.Blogspot.com, and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2011, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. I kind of get like the rickets and the scabies or whatever it is when you're scratching yourself. I thought it was just a tick. <laughs>